0: Turn with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9, in verse 28. Paul, in his letters, oftentimes wrote to the Corinthians, and he said, Corinthians or whoever he was writing to, and he would say, I always thank God for you in prayer and always mention these things in prayer and uh, praise God for this, this, and this and ask God for this, this, and this in your life. And, and he had a regular time of prayer uh, where he lifted up other people. And I think one of the reasons that Paul was so greatly used by God is that he had that time with God. We all need that time with God. And I'm sure you've had times where you have gotten into your uh, private time of prayer uh, with God and and His Word. And you've just been lifted up through that time, encouraged and and strengthened through that time. And and, uh, there's a scripture in, in Ephesians that talks about being rooted up in Christ, that we draw our nourishment from Him. And there's something about spending time with God that just brings refreshment to our souls. Uh, we need to spend that time with Him. And um, God works through that time. When we uh, meet Him in prayer, it's not something that is just uh, something we do. It is something that He begins to take an active role in our lives and begins to do a work in us. And so, uh, here in this scripture, we're going to talk about tonight... I'm going to bring out a little different uh, emphasis than I did the last time I talked about this uh, because Luke is the only gospel writer who includes the detail about Jesus praying. That the purpose for which Jesus went up to the Mount of Transfiguration was to pray. Now, some great things happened and God had a purpose for the disciples. Hey, listen to Jesus, you know. Uh, But God, I believe, also had a purpose for Christ, up on that Mount of Transfiguration. And Luke brings this out uh, through his description of prayer. And it sets an example for us of what God does in us as we see what God does in Jesus' life. So we each of us needs to spend that regular time in prayer. Uh, the time of my message is how God works through Prayer. Uh, And look with me, we're only going to read a few of these verses, but uh, look at verse 28. About eight days after these words, he took along Peter, John, and James, and went up on the mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah. Elijah. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his death, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. Uh, Peter and those with him were in a deep sleep. Now, notice all this stuff that's happening with Moses and Elijah and Jesus and the conversation. That's happening while the disciples are asleep. Okay, so this this part of it is not for them. It's for Christ. Um, so he says he says Peter and those with him were in a deep sleep. And when they became fully awake, they saw his glory. Uh, How God works through prayer. How does God work? Well, one is God changes us. He changes us. Uh, He says that as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became Dazzling white. Now I know that when you go home and and you pray and, and maybe tomorrow morning, chances are, you're not going to have a face become da- dazzling white and your clothes aren't going to change. And I understand that, but I do think there's a spiritual principle here that we are changed as we spend time with God. Uh, if you look over in Second Corinthians chapter three, and I'm going to flip over there. You don't have to. I'll read it. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18, Paul writes this. We all, with unveiled faces, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the Spirit. So God changes us in prayer. Um, There's something dramatic. Why... Have you ever thought, why did Luke and God inspire Luke? Because we know that Scripture is inspired by God, right? It's not just the words of a man. Why does Luke include this in his gospel, and why does God lead him to include it? Because Jesus provides for us an example here of of prayer, but also God provides us an example of what he does in prayer. He changes us. We don't remain the same. Um, I, I've been many times in, in times of doubt, uh, times of struggle, uh, times of worry, and I've entered into the prayer closet uh, and spent that time with God. And God comes down and, and meets with me in that place, and I leave with a different heart. Have you experienced that? The change that God brings, there, or there's peace. Maybe there's worry about circumstance, and God brings His peace. But there's a transformation that takes place. Now, I'm not saying every time I pray there's a there's a dramatic change, but I'm saying there are times in my life where I'm where I'm really struggling. Now, what what do they end up talking about? Well, the Bible does, the Bible says they're talking about. Uh, my translation says it's death, but the word literally is is the word from which we get our English word Exodus, the departure. Um, could it be, now I know that Jesus in his divine nature doesn't need anything, right? He's He's God. He's sufficient completely and totally. Uh, but Jesus chose to set aside some of the use of his divine power and to live life as a human being here on this earth. Um. And as he lived with with our circumstances, the Bible says, we talked about it this morning, uh, he was tempted in every way just as we are yet without sin. Um, The scripture says he was was acquainted with the feeling of our infirmities. Uh, Jesus went through the struggles of human existence just like we go through those struggles. Now, he didn't sin, he didn't fail, uh, but he lived that life of faith in God Uh, His father he says I do nothing but what the father tells me to do so there's this lifestyle of dependence upon God and this feeling of of Experiencing the different things that we face. It's kind of like we talked about this morning Uh, We don't have a high priest who's, who's is not affected by the feeling of our infirmity. He understands What we experience why because he experienced it he went through that now? Jesus chose to uh, submit Himself to living a life of human existence in the way that we do. He was so much God as if He were not man, but He's also so much man as if He were not God. And it's hard to to really describe that, but the Scripture gives us some very clear uh, instances. Of, of, for example, Jesus asleep in the boat. Now we always focus, you know, Jesus' power and so forth. But think about this for a second. Jesus was sleeping through a major storm. Have you ever been that tired? You know, somebody comes to you the next day. Did you hear that storm last night? It shook the rafters, and it—you know—all these things were happening, and uh, I'd have got no sleep. And you said, "I slept through it." You know, I mean, some some nights are like that, right? You're just tired. You're exhausted. Jesus is here in a boat now. I don't know how I'd do too much. I've been out on the lake in a boat, but I think being out on the lake and being out in the ocean or, the, or a sea is probably a little different experience. Uh, the seasickness are rocking back and forth, and now you're in a storm, and so there's, I don't know, maybe this boat's going like this. And here Jesus is so exhausted, he's laying in the boat, dead to the world. And they have to shake him awake in the middle of all this this chaos that's going on around them. Uh, could it be even his clothes were starting to get wet and he's still not awake? You know, um, I remember when I was in the military, they used to tip over the beds. You know, the guy didn't get up, you know, <clears throat> he rolls out on the floor. And, uh, anyway, Jesus was in deep sleep. Uh, this this kind of shows us a little bit of his humanity. Uh, Jesus went through the human experience. That comforts me. It comforts me to know that my Savior is acquainted with my struggle. Um, and and so Jesus, it says they were talking of his departure. Why? Did Jesus need information about what he was going to do? No. He knew it. The Bible says he, he, he knew his purpose. He'd set his face uh, toward Jerusalem. He didn't need information. So why did Moses and Elijah come to speak with him? Well, the Bible doesn't say So this is is my imagination here, working a little bit. But I believe perhaps God knew that Jesus needed a special encouragement in this time period. And so he brings Moses and Elijah to have a conference. You know, the disciples still didn't get it. You know how the the Bible says, well, they still didn't understand. He spoke to them of of his death, but they didn't get it. And he spoke to them again of his death. They didn't get it. And he spoke to them again. Yeah, I mean, this constant. He loved the disciples. He's training the disciples and so forth. But, but they didn't get it. Have you ever had something that you really couldn't discuss with with most people that you knew? They just really didn't understand it. Maybe it was about your job, and and a lot of people didn't understand the specifics of what you work on. And so you you talk with a colleague who understands, or or maybe it's. Uh, it's something that only somebody of your sex understands right uh, you, I think it's good for men to have friendships with men, women to have friendships with women because there's some things that we guys don't get about women, and there's something you women don't get about us guys right and so uh there's there's a there's a disconnect there and so um I, I kind of wonder if if Jesus is here and he's thinking about these issues and there's just really nobody that identifies with what he's going through. And so God, as, as Jesus comes in prayer, God sends Moses and Elijah to commune with him, to encourage him. And and they speak of his departure at Jerusalem. Um, we know this laid heavy on Jesus' heart because he sweat great drops Sweat drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. This was something that weighed upon him incredibly heavy. So uh, God provides an encouragement. He changes us. He He changes us, but He also encourages us in times of prayer. Um, I remember when um, when I was in high school, uh, I had friends, but I didn't have a really good Christian friend that I felt like I jail with, if you know what I'm talking about. And so I prayed, asked God, I said, Lord, I'd like to have a good Christian friend who, you know. And uh, God, two weeks after I prayed, God sent Billy to my high school. He transferred from Maryville to Alcoa. And uh, we became great friends. And what an encouragement. Um, i tell you what, our kids today have a lot to deal with in, in the schools. And uh, what an encouragement it is to have a godly Christian friend or friends, plural, uh, that can be a support to you in those times. And so I really was appreciative of that, and I felt like God answered a prayer and brought great encouragement and blessing to my life through that prayer. Uh, have you ever had somebody that you felt like God sent into your life? Maybe it was your, maybe it was your parents, You know, and you begin to realize, you look back and you see, Wow, I, I see the impact they had on my life. Uh, maybe it was a, a school teacher or uh someone like that, that that you that you ran across. Or maybe it was somebody that you met at work uh who ended up being a great encouragement to you, but but God used that person in a great way to, to help you and encourage you. Um I, I kind of wonder if that's what Jesus is is having happening here. As he comes to be with God, God provides exactly the encouragement he needs. Isn't that an amazing thought? God knows us completely. He knows exactly what we need, and he knows exactly how to provide it when we need it. Um, I'm so grateful for that. So God brought encouragement to Jesus, and he encourages us. When we enter times of prayer, uh, sometimes it may be during the time of prayer he encourages us. Other times, it may be after. But God, through the time that we spend in prayer, brings encouragement to our lives. So how does he work through prayer? He changes us. He encourages us. He guides us. Verse 31 uh, says, They were speaking of his exodus. Now, we said before that Jesus didn't need information. Uh, Sometimes you need confirmation, maybe. I don't know that Jesus needed that. But uh, have you ever been nervous about something you, you felt like God wanted you to do, but you just really were kind of, you know, I know you want me to do that, Lord. But I, you know, I, I'm kind of nervous about that. I, I'm not, you know, and uh, maybe in, in, as you think about what it is that God wants you to do, uh, you hear a message that speaks to that issue. Or a godly Christian friend says, you know, I, I see this in you. I see that God could use you in this way. And you're thinking, wow, confirmation, you know. Uh, and, and so God brings that encouragement. And there have been some times like that in my life where uh, there's an encouragement. The one I could, that sticks out the most to me, and I actually prayed for this one, was when I was called to preach. I was called to preach and and God led me to go in the military at the same time the same day, two things and so uh, i said well god i, I said i 'm willing to do this, but I said, Would you provide some confirmation for me uh, my dad's always been against me going in the military. If this is your will, will you change his heart and and have him uh encourage me to to make that decision and uh my brother had been talking. To, he didn't care what my dad thought. so He was talking to the, <laughs> to the uh, recruiter. And, uh, and so um, my dad, I, 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 this is exactly what happened. I walked into the garage, and, and we had like an open garage and, and in our doorway. And as I'm walking in, my dad opens the door, and he says, Roger, come here, I want to talk to you. He sits me down, and he says, I think you should consider going into the military. Talk about my jaw just dropping over. I was like, whoa. <clears throat> but God knew what I needed at that point. Now, I, I think sometimes when God is, is guiding us, he provides that affirmation from other people. Um, and, and so uh, it's an encouragement. But God does He guides us in prayer. Uh, it, one scripture says there will be a hand and a voice saying, here is the way, walk in it. Uh, God leads us; He guides us through prayer. Um, I, th- I think of the Apostle Paul. Um, he had a great prayer life, right? But what did God? What did God do? He He was sleeping one night, and He had plans to go to Bithynia, and God said, "Uh uh-uh, uh I have a I have a job for you in Macedonia." And and Paul responded. He saw the man in, in this in this vision in his dream, saying, "Come to Macedonia and help us." He said, "Okay." God, if that's your will and your purpose for my life, I choose to follow. I'm going to, to go to Macedonia instead. In that case, God provided guidance. Maybe not. Even, it wasn't even during the prayer time. He sacked out in his bed. <laughs> and, and God said, okay, you're praying, you're seeking my face, and as a result of that, I'm going to guide you in your life. And, and so I think that's a, a byproduct of prayer. And what's something that God does for us as we draw near to him and truly seek him and his will in our life. Um, he guides us through his word as well. Um, one, of the, one of the amazing things about prayer is it can be two-way, right? It's not just talking to God and telling him everything. Lord, I gave you my grocery list and uh, here's what I want. Uh, no, it's a relationship. It's a two-way discussion. And as we share our hearts with God, we, most of that time we think of that part as prayer uh, but also listening to God in, as, as we read his word. Um, I, I was, as I was on vacation this week, I, I was reading through, I saved the Psalms because I really love the Psalms, you know, and reading through the Bible. I've saved some of those as I'm reading through, and I take a break occasionally from what I'm doing, and I do Psalms. And I read this one section, and it was about faith. And God just really encouraged me and ministered to me through that, through that scripture. He spoke to me through the scripture. Minister to my heart. And so God God can guide us. He can guide us in our spiritual life. Uh, he, can, he, he guides us as we draw near to him, he draws near to us, and he provides that guidance that we need. Uh, one important thing about guidance is making, make sure that you're doing the things that God's already told you to do. I think it was Adrian Rogers who, who said, uh, uh, "When God gives you light, and as you follow that light, he gives you more light. But if you don't follow the light he's given you, he doesn't give you more light. And so uh, a lot of times people, well, I want God's will, but they're unwilling to submit to God in some area of their life. And so make sure your heart is surrendered uh, as you come to God in prayer and seek his will in your life. So uh, how does God work through prayer? He changes us. He encourages us. He guides us. And finally, he uses us. Okay, the disciples are sacked out. Okay, they're they're in the The Greek word literally, sit. sit, The Greek phrase is, "They were way down deeply in sleep." I mean, they were they were out, Uh, and and this discussion's going on, and finally they awake, and and they and and Peter's, "Whoa, what's going on here? Uh, Here's Jesus, and he's shining brilliantly like the sun. Here's these uh, Moses and Elijah, and he says he saw Jesus, and he saw the two men with him, and." uh, Wow, what's going on here? Now, uh one of the other gospel writers gives gives us a little comment uh about them in the Garden of Gethsemane when they fell asleep. You remember they felt they were in the habit of falling asleep. They so <laughs> my' make some of us badness feel better, right? <laughs> but they, they were they were in the habit of falling asleep. And, but as it went to the Garden of Gethsemane, it says they were they were weighed down with sorrow. And and that's part of the reason that they were um, sleepy I, I wonder if that's the same thing here so, so Jesus is struggling But they're struggling And as they awake From their sleep They see Something that they'll never forget John later Writes in, in his gospel um, He said we beheld His glory The only begotten from the Father Full of grace and truth It, it made an indelible mark Upon their minds. And so uh, they see this and they're amazed. And they're encouraged by what they see happening in Jesus. Can I tell you something? When you are with God, others will see something different in you. I think of... uh, of Peter and John, you remember in Acts, they they are preaching and they get arrested and beaten and put in jail overnight, and then they appear before the Sanhedrin, and the Sanhedrin says, "You better not preach anymore in His name." And they said, "Well, you you judge for yourselves whether it's right for us to obey you or to obey God, but we cannot help but preach and teach of these things that God has told us to to say." Uh, and they spoke with conviction, and they spoke with boldness, and there was something different about And they, The Bible says the Sanhedrin, this is 70. Can you imagine 70 guys looking at you, mean and angry? And, uh, 70 guys, okay? And, and they noticed with Peter and John there was something different about their character. They were unschooled and ordinary men. But they took note of these men that they had been with Jesus, and because they had been with Jesus, something was different about them. I want to tell you something. The world is needs desperately to see something different in us. Now, that's not all that we need to do. We need to tell them about Jesus as well. But they need to see that difference in us. As we come to, to meet with God in prayer and we draw near to him, God does a work in our hearts and prepares us to be a blessing to other people. Um. I heard somebody once say you can't minister with an empty cup. Uh, I've been there before. Sometimes during the week, and this is not always the reason I go up to pray, but sometimes I go upstairs to pray. Some of you may have called or something. I was upstairs. Where's the preacher? Well, he's upstairs. We don't know what he's doing. (laughs) But uh, I'll go upstairs sometimes, and I'll just spend time in prayer. I, I need to get my cup filled back up because I pour out, pour out, pour out, pour out, and Right, when you get together with God, what He does is he, he fills you up so that you can be a blessing to other people. And so, um, God uses us. That's one of the things He does through prayer. And so, um, God is ministering to Jesus in the first part, and then the disciples are asleep for all of that. I guess Jesus filled them in later uh, after He the, the resurrection, told them what was going on. Uh, but... Uh, they finally wake up and they they see Jesus and it just makes an impact on them. Um, I can think of some times where God did a work, maybe in an individual's life, uh, and there's just a complete transformation. This person comes to Christ, uh, or maybe uh, God is working in somebody's life and they give a, a testimony of how God has brought them through and. And you just see the work of God and the hand of God. Uh, I, I think of a, of a time when when God's hand just came down powerfully uh, on our church, and it was it was amazing. It was no, nothing that could be explained by any human being. It was the work of God, a, and it makes an impression on you. You never forget it because something supernatural. God has has come down with His supernatural hand to touch a person or to touch a church or. Uh, whatever, and and you see the handprint of God in it. That's what God does in us as we come to him and draw near to him in prayer. Uh, he fills us up so that we can be useful to him, and he uses us. So how does God work through prayer? He changes us, he encourages us, he guides us, and he uses us. Um. This is what God does. Jesus went to the mountain with a purpose, to pray. Now, this happened many times. Gospels, you can read through. Jesus set set apart many times to pray. But this time, God did something special. And I believe there's a blessing for every prayer time, but uh, maybe we don't see it or know it. Uh, I think God always responds when we seek him. But sometimes God does something special. It, Jesus had set his purpose to pray. He said he went up to the mountain to pray. So um, Jesus' purpose wasn't to go up and meet Moses and Elijah. I don't know if he, um, you know, what, what his plans were other than to go to pray. But the Bible that's what the Bible emphasizes. He was going to pray, and all this stuff happened as a byproduct. Um, isn't it awesome? When you come aside for prayer and God meets with you. I mean, there's some days I struggle. I mean, I, I fall asleep and, I, you know, I keep losing my train of thought. You know, one cup of coffee is not enough and, you know, it, it's just tough. But then there's those days where God comes down and it makes it worth it all. Um, what will God do as you pray? He'll encourage you. He'll change you. He'll guide you and he'll use you in your life. Make sure you set aside that time to pray. And if you don't know Christ, get to know him so that you can have those times of prayer. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and for giving us a glimpse into the life of of your son Jesus. Uh, Thank you for meeting us, when you promised if we draw near to you, you'd draw near to us. And so, Father, um, I just pray that as we seek you in prayer, you'll meet us in in that secret place of prayer. And, and Father, in those times when we're in need, that you'd supply what we need. Those times, God, that uh, uh, we need encouragement, you'd supply it. Uh, Whatever is your desire.